This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Today, it's the biggest issue in health care, according to Zoomers, and that's access to home care. CARP executives Susan Eng and Eric Vengroff will weigh in. We'll catch the opening of the art exhibit, Timeless, Zoomers and Immortality, now on at the Twist Gallery in Toronto, and we'll talk to psychologist Oren Amate on the drive to express creativity and compassion in the Zoomer years. And it was a busy week in the AM740 concert lobby with visits from Canadian singer-songwriter Murray McLaughlin and the world-famous classical pianist Long Long. We'll have those musical highlights, but first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. If you think it's young people who are shaping the world, think again. A new study about the Nobel Prize has shown that the majority of its winners have done their prize-winning work after the age of 40. Dr. Bruce Weinberg and Benjamin Jones of Northwestern University analyzed all the Nobel Prizes awarded between 1901 and 2008 in the fields of physics, medicine, and chemistry. They found that before 1901, two-thirds of the winners did their prize-winning work before the age of 40. However, by the year 2000, the trend had completely shifted, and the award was seldom handed out for any achievements made before the age of 40. Dr. Weinberg attributes this to the amount of time it now takes for scientists to get their basic training and pay their dues before reaching a point where they can make any significant discoveries. Can getting older help lessen climate change? A new study out of Germany says yes. The study from the Max Planck Institute for Demographic Research found that Americans steadily produce an increasing amount of CO2 emissions from the age of 10 until the age of 65, when they hit their peak of about 14.9 metric tons per capita. After that, the amount falls to 13.1 metric tons by the age of 80. The study looked at the amount of money the average U.S. resident spends on nine energy-intensive products and services, including electricity, gasoline, and air travel. It found that as we age, we tend to drive less, fly less, and purchase less material goods that require a higher amount of carbon emissions to manufacture, all factors that have a positive impact on our ecological footprint. With all the economic uncertainty in North America, it's hard to imagine many people want to face the risks associated with starting their own businesses. But a new study by Civic Ventures says that Zoomers are embracing the challenge. The research finds that 25 million Americans, or one in four people over the age of 44, wants to start a business or a nonprofit venture in the next five to ten years. More than 12 million of these potential entrepreneurs have a desire for social change and want to create jobs for others in their community. Of that 12 million, 72% expect to create local organizations that would employ up to 10 people. The findings reinforced consistent research from the Kauffman Foundation, which shows that 
For 11 of the 15 years between 1996 and 2010, Americans between the ages of 55 and 64 had the highest rate of entrepreneurial activity of any age group. And finally, Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards has won the Mailer Prize for Distinguished Biography for his best-selling memoir, Life. At the awards ceremony in New York, Richards was introduced by former President Bill Clinton, who referred to him as my friend. Clinton also noted that his late mother-in-law, Dorothy Broadham, was an avid fan. When he got the award, Keith Richards remarked, this one's for the books. And those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. I'm Libby Zneimer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review on the new AM740. Now it's time for our weekly CARP panel. Healthcare is on the agenda, and I'm here with Susan Eng, Vice President of Advocacy, and Eric Vengroff, VP of Benefits. Welcome to you both. Welcome. Hi. Susan, let's start with you. What are the things that are at the top of the list for CARP? Well, the key for us is to continue our focus on the need for home care. And that's writ large, including the fact that we have to support family members who support their loved ones, uh, professional home care workers, uh, nurse practitioners that, that work with you to make sure that a person can deal with their medical challenges, mobility challenges at home. And if we do this properly, if the healthcare system helps us do this properly, there's the potential of diverting a massive amount of demand from the former healthcare system. Well, you know, Susan, there there's a lot of other research that supports that. There was just a paper by the Institute of Research on Public Policy, and uh, the author of that report, Nina Chappelle, found that 75 to 85% of all care is informal. So that's where she's looking because the question is who's going to care for all the aging Zoomers? There are huge numbers involved. Um, StatsCan says 2.7 million people over the age of 45 Zoomers are looking after somebody who is an older person as opposed to people looking after children, for example. And they valued the value of that voluntary labor as worth $25 billion a year. Now, we have to remember that they're doing this willingly, yes, but are they doing it effectively and adequately for their loved ones? The chances are good that some of them are burning out, some of them need some kind of professional advice. I mean, do you really know how to deal with home dialysis? Do you know how to make a bed with somebody in it? Do you know how to help somebody with all kinds of, with with dementia? Eric, I want to get to some benefits because I think we all realize that, sure, we really want to have a health care system that we can rely on, but there are some things that are going to be over and above that. And Eric, I gather there are some new benefits in the health care area for people. Uh, yes. Well, uh, at, at uh, CARP's annual meeting last week, we introduced uh, to our members a brand new benefit. It's called the CARP Health Wizard. And it's a free service that's available uh, for our members. Uh, all they have to do is register. And once you're on there, you can use the system to find a, find a doctor, find a clinic. Uh, you can use it to look up medications, look up uh, disease states and, and, and conditions. It really is something that will help that family caregiver in a very useful way. Some of those people are struggling. There's an estimated 25% of those 2.7 million people doing heavy care. 24-7 care. These are people who have to quit their jobs in order to, to look after a loved one. That's right. Now, there was a little bit of relief for them in the last budget. That's what the conservatives would tell you. But it's a drop in the bucket. 
Not only is it a drop in the bucket, it won't help those who are specifically doing 24-7 care because they don't have the taxes to pay in mm. order to benefit from the tax credit. So obviously, we went to uh, Parliament last week, in fact, to pitch for making that tax credit refundable, increasing it, and looking hard at what people who provide heavy care really need. Okay, I think that's a, a good note to end on. Susan Eng and Eric Vengroff, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. For more information on CARP's advocacy and benefits, you can visit www.carp.ca. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. We'll take a short break and then return with a look at a Toronto art exhibit on time and immortality. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP a new vision of aging for Canadians. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Each year, Zoomer Media founder Moses Nimer and the Propeller Centre for the Arts curate an art exhibit with works submitted by artists from across North America. This year's show is called Timeless, Zoomers and Immortality. Moses opened the exhibit earlier this month at the Twist Gallery on Toronto's Queen Street West. Well, here at the Twist Gallery in Toronto, they're celebrating the launch of a new exhibit entitled Timeless, Zoomers and Immortality, curated by the Zoomer-in-Chief himself, Mr. Moses Nimer. Many of us are living longer and better than ever before. The thing that we're trying to point out, that I'm trying to point out, is that as people achieve that certain age, it's interesting that their creativity comes to the fore. One of the things they want to do with their time is express themselves. This creativity is also partnered with a desire to give something back to society. So creativity, culture, and compassion seem to go together in Zoomer life. Artist Ellen Blaywas won the cash prize for Best in Show. Basically, it's an 84-foot-long strip of quarter-inch cardstock with 24 hours broken down into minutes, starting at 00.00, ending at 23.59, and the two ends connect such that you have a 24-hour loop that's continuously circling. Maria Wall took time out of her day to take in the exhibit. It's exciting seeing artwork that talks about the future for everybody. Timeless Zoomers and Immortality runs until November 27th here at the Twist Gallery. For more information, visit their website, twistgallery.ca. I'm Darren Maharaj for the Zoomer Week in Review. The two themes that emerge from this are creativity and compassion. And these are the things that Zoomers are looking for in the second half of their lives. Why is that? I'm here with psychologist Dr. Oren Amate, a professor of psychology at Ryerson, who deals with everything from family and relationships to sexuality and major life transitions. Welcome, Oren. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so um, what is it about reaching this period in our lives, you know, when we become Zoomers that makes us want to do these things? Well, there are a few things happening. First of all, uh, we realize that, uh, you know, we have a limited time here. So we're looking for meaning. We're looking for purpose. We want to say that we've left a mark. And at that point, if we've had children, maybe they've already grown up. Um, we've kind of done our job to put them in the right direction. Now we, we're looking for more fulfillment. We're trying to self-actualize. How do people go about doing that? Well, I mean, throughout all stages of life, we're always, you know, ideally we're trying to kind of reach our potential, grow into the person we can be. Um, but for a lot of people, it's, it has to do with money, profession, careers. Uh, once they've hit a certain age, they realize, okay, I've done that. 
Now I want more, something more substantial, something that's going to last. Um, selling cars, for example, those cars will disappear at some point. But if I can leave my mark on somebody or if I can produce something that might kind of live on in eternity, I feel like I've left a more permanent, indelible mark on, on this planet. What about this whole element of, of getting back to something that you loved? I mean, say in the case of art, I know a number of people, they have to be in a position to be able to do it, but they quit their jobs or whatever they were busy doing to earn a living. And they said, okay, now I am an artist and I'm getting set up to do this. Well, creativity or creative thinking or any kind of uh, endeavor where we're not just uh, doing the, the straight and narrow, but we're expanding ourselves. Uh, it seems that many humans have that, uh, that need to do that. Uh, and it gets stifled throughout the years, even in school. Look at children before they go to school. Um, you know, all they want to do is just learn. They want to just build and create. And then that kind of gets stifled at school and then through work. So when they get older, I think it's kind of just a rekindling of those feelings that were always there. But they kind of got suppressed throughout the lifetime at 45, 50, and so on. Now we have a better chance to really reach into that thing that was always burning inside, but we didn't you know, really get a chance to, uh, to let, go, let free. It's interesting. Um, I looked at some of the numbers about volunteering and how it gives people a sense of purpose. I mean, there are studies that show that with older people, it actually makes them live longer. But right. Canada has the second largest voluntary sector in the world behind the Netherlands, uh, the largest cohort of people volunteering are Zoomers. How do you explain that? Well, again, uh, it's it's having the opportunity, you know, because not every a lot of people are just trying to survive, uh, and a lot of Zoomers have done more than survive. So they have that opportunity to give. Not everyone can do that. Um, and you know, if if you've if you've lived a fulfilling life, or if you've lived a life where you've really um, you know kind of pushed yourself to succeed you still have that drive to continue succeeding. And volunteering is one way that you're not just succeeding for monetary gain, but there's something more to it. There's a richer reward. It's, you know, a sense of satisfaction. I've done good. And, you know, throughout careers, we don't always get the chance to do that. I mean, I feel good. Every day of my job, I try to do good, whether it's with a patient or whether it's helping a student or something else. Not everyone has that opportunity. This is the opportunity for people to tap into the better part of ourselves. For some people who maybe aren't so happy, can these things bring them the answers to finding meaning and finding happiness in their lives? I've got a lot of clients who aren't doing so well. And, you know, it's more philosophy almost than psychology. It's not like I'm using some special, you know, cognitive behavior technique with them. It is helping them find a healthier perspective on their lives. And if they aren't the top person in their field, if they haven't found monetary rewards that they're hoping for, yes, Helping somebody else can bring the kind of um, you know rewards that they didn't get in other areas of their life, and, and many people find it more enriching. Uh, and you know, again, in the last number of years, we've become so many people become so selfish. I don't know if that really is our human nature. Our human nature may be to to give, and and um, so doing things in that way might help people find a sense of self, and it might lead to better mental health. Okay, Dr. Oren Amite, thank you so much for that very interesting perspective. And uh, if you want to learn more about uh, the doctor, just go to docamite.com. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. In just a minute, we'll return with highlights from two special guests who graced our AM740 concert lobby this week, singer-songwriter Murray McLaughlin and superstar pianist Long Long.
You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. It was amazing. She played beautifully, and she wasn't even nervous. That's 13-year-old Annie Jo in our concert lobby playing Liszt's Etude, Un Sospiro. Her audience? None other than the most famous pianist in the world, Chinese superstar Long Long. There were other young musicians in the audience preparing to share the stage with Long Long later this afternoon at Roy Thompson Hall, and they had the chance to ask the master questions. My question is, how long have you been playing the piano for? Oh, oh gosh, how many years? I'm now 29, so I started when I was uh, two and a half. So let's count like three, right? So, yeah, more than, more than 25 years. My question is, what has inspired you to play piano? I mean, for me... I believe music, you know, especially the great music, um, it's always inspire me a lot emotionally, and also it just opens me up with all those feelings, and um, and I really enjoy the moment what you know what music brings to us, and I really like to be part of this beautiful moment. I'm 16, and my question is. What's your favorite piece that you've ever played? Oh, it's getting hotter. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Um, what's the most difficult piece? Uh, or my favorite piece? Um, it's really hard to say. I would say the moment... Like today, I'm practicing with TSO Beethoven number four. So I found that, oh, number four is my favorite. And last night, I was playing Beethoven number three you know I'm like oh my gosh this is the most beautiful piece yeah. and then and I, and then I just heard Annie play you know the, the, the Suspiro and I'm like oh this is so beautiful it's my favorite of this moment yeah, yeah. so it's changes but um, there are a lot of good stuff and that um, we should learn and enjoy Long Long wasn't the only special guest we had in our concert lobby this week. We have a Canadian treasure to perform for us, Murray McLaughlin. When you can't seem to try Reaching for the sky Climb up someplace high Just to see what you can see What you can see What you can see That's award-winning Canadian singer-songwriter Murray McLaughlin performing live in the AM740 concert lobby earlier this week. He told Norm Edwards about his first solo CD in 15 years. 
It's called Human Rights. Yeah. W R I T E S. I'm a human and I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love the little play on words. I I translated it as, or interpreted as, kind of, uh, we all sort of all write our own story, our own path. Um, that's what I thought of after I heard the CD, which is terrific, by the way. Well, the cool thing about songs or records is that, you know, I mean, it's always worked with me that I attach songs to events in my life. I mean, so they're, they're as open for interpretation as you want to make them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Then Where Would I Be? And it's, it's a song that I wrote for uh, my wife, Denise. It's, uh, it's kind of a little thing for her. There's more than one of them on the record, you know. If, when you get to be 63, as I am, you're not afraid to get sappy anymore. If I sit too long, my feet will grow into the ground. Then I'll be earthbound like an old and dreaming tree that's dreaming of the sea while someone cuts it down. Gotta rise up like a bird and sing my song. But it can take too long Or you might fall asleep, my love Drift away from me Then where would I be? If I watch the stars I might fall Into the Milky Way Never see the day I'd grow pale and full of dust My thoughts would turn to rust while the world spins away Sometimes you wonder where songs come from and uh, I think this one came from laying on my back on the floating dock at the cottage That's it for another episode of the Zoomer Week in Review I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today I hope you'll be back next Sunday at noon right here on the new AM740 This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.